Hey everybody, welcome back to the Unafraid Podcast. And once again, this is like twice in the last month, which is pretty exciting. You actually get a video as well if you're on YouTube or Facebook, uh, wherever you are. Yes, so you get to see our lovely faces, which is pretty exciting. Um, I'm Jay, of course. You've, you've known me for a little while now, and I will introduce our guest shortly here. Um, before I do, I want to give a big shout out to the show's sponsor, Rebecca Jonesy, author of fantasy and adventure and very good steamy erotic stuff um so but you got to make sure you're like hiding under your bed covers and you know it, it's a it's just a, a good time um but rebecca is a, a fierce ally and a wonderful friend and uh, i really appreciate her supporting the show so uh, definitely check her books out link to her website is going to be right in the episode description so thank you again rebecca really appreciate it uh, let's see what else. Oh, I wanted to show you guys something. I told you of the last couple shows that uh, that we purchased an embroidery machine just for kind of making fun little goods around the house. And and we're, we're finally starting to learn how to use it. Spoiler alert, there is a learning curve when you're dealing with embroidery machines. It's not that easy. But uh, one of, one of uh, the... Um, one I'm of laughing. Our, our, I'm laughing out of turn, but it's so true. <laughs> no, it, it is. It is. There's so a learning true. curve with all of these things. But this was our our very first uh, patch that we made for a little Etsy store, little uh, um, queers for Black Lives Matter patch, and yeah. So it's it's fun. We're we're having a good time. We get to be creative, and we're telling ourselves that it's a business. That way, we could justify <laughs> doing all this. Crap. <laughs> oh no, that's my whole life. Yeah. Welcome. Yeah. Right. Hey. <laughs> I've gotten through 41 years like this. So, I mean, uh, it can happen. You can make it happen. <laughs> All right. Our guest today is the incredible Brie Poison. How are you doing, Brie? Hello. I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm I'm doing great. I'm doing great. We, we had a lovely chat before we started recording about how shit the COVID <laughs> situation is in Ontario right now. And you're still stuck there. <laughs> We had to get it out of the way because I was like, look, let's not let's not talk about this on the podcast because this is awful and nobody is ever going to want to listen to this again. So let's not record that. Part. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> what? I'm in Toronto. <laughs> we, we've been living through the crap. We don't want to hear about the crap anymore. We just want to move on and think about good stuff. Right. Yeah, it would be so nice. <laughs> it would be so nice for everything to just work. It's been a year. We've we've done it. We've lived through history because I feel like early on there was this sense of like, oh, we're living through history. This is going yeah. to be important. Yeah. And now it's gotten to the point where I'm like, I'm done with living through history. I hate living through history. Let's let's, let's I don't, finish. I'm I don't done. want thank any you. more history. No, thank no. you. No, no but, more history in my life. That's it. I did my part. Yep, <laughs> and the next generation can have it. <laughs> we're done. <laughs> well, I just I figure my wife and I really love watching um, kind of the old documentaries about you know medical stuff, and we watched one on the mm -hmm. the nineteen eighteen uh, the Great Influenza, and, uh, yeah. and I was like, wow, we're living this right now. It's the it's exact so same thing. They had the same mask problems. Yeah. They had everything. And I, I didn't realize that. I'd never looked up that particular pandemic. I did a lot of history in school, but it was never American history specifically. Yeah. So, well, yeah, no, I was just like, oh. Yeah, most Americans don't know American history. So don't, don't. Don't week. <laughs> I'm Canadian and I didn't do Canadian history either. I did European history. So nice. <laughs> European history was always my favorite. Legitimately was was my favorite because there's so many fascinating things that happened throughout the centuries. And we're it's so much I think, longer. Yes, yes. We're so young over here. We haven't had as yeah. many terrible things happen. We're a but, tiny uh, baby country. Like both of us are tiny baby countries. And yeah. if you wanted to get into ancient history, you couldn't do these countries because yep. we just murdered all of the history when we got here. Exactly. And we got awful. here, killed yep. everyone and took over. And I was like, oh, our history is white history. Yeah. It's terrible. It's terrible. Okay. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I and and guys, you. I mean, you've been listening to me for a long time. You know, I'm not making light of the suffering that we've inflicted on many, many, many people. Um, no, just, we're honestly, we're just at the point of pandemic yeah. now where you yeah. have to laugh at everything. I think, otherwise, what are you doing? That's yeah. Well, okay. So off the pandemic now, we yeah, we let's gave stop, that. Let's stop being real like that. That's yeah, we gave that three minutes. Okay, I feel like that's <laughs> enough for freaking COVID. You've had your spotlight here. So on your website, the very first words on your website, you know, right under, you know, poison, of course, mm -hmm. is 
non-binary babe professional cosplayer. So yep. tell me about being non-binary babe. <laughs> um, it's It's been interesting. It's kind of been a last few years thing. Um, I'm sure this isn't, you know, this isn't something new to anyone who's gone through any of this sort of thing. But a few years ago, I started cosplaying male characters. Um, you know, I was born female, right? Lived most of my life as a woman. Um, and then uh, a couple years ago, started cosplaying men, which was not something that I had ever done before. And just very, very suddenly was like, that's it. I only want to cosplay boys. I love cosplaying boys. That's it. I'm having a great time. I think it was um, Noctis from Final Fantasy XV was the first boy that I had cosplayed. Um, and one of my friends um, was just like, oh yeah, that feeling when you're trans, huh? And I was just like, no, which I'm sure <laughs> happens to absolutely everyone. Um, and, and now here I am like three years later being like, hey man, I'm sorry <laughs> um, about that. Because uh, surprise, they were right. Uh, so I, uh, don't particularly strongly feel male or female unless I'm in a very particularly male or female character. Um, you know, anyone who's watching the video of this is like, Hey, what up 12 year old boy? Um, because like this, this is just what I look like in, in my day to day life. Right. I have short hair, pretty nondescriptly like a gender. Um, and that's, that's pretty much how I feel the most comfortable unless I am in a very particular character. Um, but yeah. I shoot <laughs> sexy content of both. Yeah. <laughs> well, in, in your look and in, in the way you describe yourself is very, very similar to my, my youngest who, you know, also identifies as, as non-binary or, or genderqueer. Um, and there's, there's three of us in my house who do, and so we're we're a hot mess. <laughs> but uh, but you know they they really like that. Not really androgynous. It, it's just they wear what they want. Sometimes they're wearing a skirt. Sometimes they're wearing pants, and it's just depends on the day. Yeah, you know, and they they just don't really want to be gendered at all. You know, yeah. and so yeah, and feels it feels better to not be gendered because I don't feel like I've ever particularly identified with one. I was saying before we started that like I'm not a person who really ever like corrects someone. I do have friends who are non-binary who do correct people to uh, they them pronouns. I don't particularly feel strongly enough to correct people necessarily, but I do get like the warm fuzzy feels when people get it right. Yeah, well in they okay and guys i am very aware that there are many 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 um and more maybe every day uh neo pronouns out there um and many of uh, many of which that i haven't learned yet um but in in my experience you know my the pronoun issues in my house are they them uh like i said there are a few of us they's in my house and it just causes all sorts of problems for people and you it know, really does why, yeah why is it that the they them pronouns why do you think it causes so many problems why do people have such a tough time wrapping their head around it it's interesting too because i tend to linguistically i realize at least for english um because there are plenty of languages where things are gendered right french like sweaters are female for some reason in chemise like i don't i don't Obviously. know why <laughs> yeah, man, all sweaters are just female in French. So that does happen sometimes um, in languages. But I, I know in English, I almost always default to they, them pronouns for like almost everyone, unless I'm very consciously thinking about it. And I don't think that's a new thing for me necessarily. I think I've kind of always done that. So it, it does surprise me when people have issues with it. Um, but the biggest one I found is, I guess, people who've never... Um, experienced that sort of thing before having issues where they're like oh so you identify as a chair like they think they're being funny right and i'm like yeah. that makes me have you ever referred to your chair as they like that's linguistically incorrect <laughs> really um <laughs> so it, it always it always it's interesting to me yeah and i there's someone I, I used to work with and the, the funny thing is, is he's actually a really, really sweet kid and, you know, always trying to be nice to people. And, and he wasn't talking to me specifically. And he said something, well, I identify as a attack heli helicopter. 
And I didn't catch the the rest of the context of the story, but I, I just said to him, I said, Hey, you know, I, I know it's kind of a funny thing to you, but that's, it's really hurtful to some people. It's not something you should say out loud. And, and you just kind of shrugged it off and went about his business. But that is something that I think people sometimes say without realizing just how deep it can cut, you know? Yeah. People, you know, people who have never experienced being confused about your gender or other people being confused about your gender and how hurtful people can be when they are confused, especially well, they're stuck inside during a pandemic and everyone is bored, right? Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's a very easy throwaway line to be like, ha well, well, I'm a potato today, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but but there are plenty of people who, I, and I mean, uh, to be fair, some days I feel like a potato. As you say, I'm a fucking potato, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a potato recently because I don't leave, I don't leave my house. I put down roots and everything. Um, but, but, you know, it, it's very easy to make that into a joke and a throwaway line when it's never been hurtful to you and you don't understand how it can be because it does sound silly. Yeah, it, it really, it, it does. It, it, it does. And, and I think that the more, the more people are open to understand and, and be educated about it, um, the better off we'll, we'll all be, because I think once you understand then you get to make a choice, you know, am I going to make this joke anyway, because I'm kind of a dickhead or am I just going to choose not to, because now I know it actually hurts other people. And I think that for the most part, I, I'm hoping the world is, is full of fairly good people that, that make good choices once they understand. But you know, of course that's. And, and I hope that even when people respond defensively, that, that it's them being horrified kind of that their thing that they didn't anticipate to go this way has gone this way. And I always just hope that they're worried about that and now feeling defensive because they didn't mean to do it. Um, and then eventually they will come around. And I do find that that is primarily the case. Oh, um, but, but I'm also, I'm also not a person. I'm, yeah, I'm one of those people who I don't, I don't go to bat like that necessarily. Right. It's not, um, necessarily my job to sit someone down on the internet who's who's having a great time that's right uh you know who's having a great time being like oh sorry you're a chair um i'm not one of those people who goes in to that fight yeah and and i really i really admire people who are but i i'm baby and i've never been that human being (laughs) no and you and you don't have to and there are plenty of amazing people that are out there fighting that fight actively and i I, really do admire that yeah that is amazing but let's let's be honest fighting with people on the internet usually doesn't get you the result you want i think that educating people in the classroom and via lectures and things like that that's where we're going to start to see social change down the road fighting with dudes on the internet it's no just just never it's never gone well for me (laughs) that's gonna stress you out don't do it yeah Uh, it's it's not good (laughs) i do have some friends who that that sort of thing like they were like, all right, I had a nice afternoon fighting with people on the internet. And I'm just always like, <laughs> yeah, right. good job. Like, I, I respect that. I don't understand it, but I'm happy for you. And I am here for you. <laughs> so what, what is it like being, because I, I don't really want to, I don't want to call you a celebrity. I'll, I'll call you a, I mean, you're, you're kind <laughs> of like a, a, I have a moderate following. Yeah. You're, internet. you're, you're a public figure, but people don't like it when you're the, when they're called celebrities for some reason. So, I mean, you're, you're a public figure and an openly queer public figure, you know, and envy. Uh, what, what is that like for you? Has, has your gender identity had any kind of effect on your professional life? It definitely does. Um, for people who are unfamiliar, um, I sell sexy cosplay content on the internet um it's you know it's either sex work or sex work adjacent depending on how you feel about it i don't have particularly strong feelings i forgot to do my job there at the beginning of the show Oh, it's okay no it's totally fine um i uh you know i don't have particularly strong feelings one way or another about it because i'm also non-binary and pan so i've never made up a decision in my life ever um so you can't you can't ask me anything So, um, you know, I do sell sexy cosplay content and I have found that since I've been, um, you know, kind of like out on the internet as non-binary, people do request like more male characters, um, 
more stuff like that. Um, like this month I was doing um, Nier Automata, if you're familiar at all, right? So there's 2B from Nier Automata, who's like the main female, but there's also 9S, who is her counterpart, who's male. So I just did both of them. Um, which is fun because basically all of my tweets are now just like, get yourself someone who does both and then photos of a male and female character. And then that's it. I've done my marketing and then I can log back off, which is great in the middle of the pandemic. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, since I've been out more, um, yeah, I have been finding that people are like requesting the male characters, which are generally my favorite to do anyway. So bonus to me. I love that. I love that journey for me. It's, it's great. Um, although I am realizing, I'm like, huh, I wonder, I wonder if this is going to be a coming out for people who just don't read because I realized that I've spent the past like two weeks just tweeting about fictional men <laughs> and a lot of my characters are female. And if people like have looked at just like specific things, I could totally come across as like femme and cis and straight because I've been tweeting about like men from the Yakuza game series for like three weeks at this point. <laughs> well, so you surprise? Know, <laughs> and I've, I've been through your, your website and it's uh, poison.com only spelled mm. as you see it on the screen and I, I'll have a link to that in the episode description for those of you who aren't <laughs> actually looking at the screen. Sorry podcasters you're missing out uh, today but uh in in the the website's beautiful and and oh, i can see exactly what you mean because a lot of them do have a you know a very very strong femme vibe to it um but they're all gorgeous you, Thank you know you. the female cosplays <laughs> the male cosplays absolutely gorgeous and and i i don't i don't know much about anime and gaming my my kids love it and my youngest is obsessed with with anime and i've been i've been helping to to try to make them some some cosplay outfits and stuff like that so they can they can have fun with it um, i love that but so they're they're always showing me these different characters and, I, and i'll tell you what because they they love the female characters and i think that that's where their first love was but lately more and more it's the it's it's the more feminine looking male characters Mm -hmm. um, that they yep. really dig the really beautiful male characters and and almost yeah. all of my boys let me tell you have way more makeup on my face than the girls oh. almost all of them <laughs> like, i don't know how it wound up that way whatever this trend is with just like beautiful men in yeah. video games and anime i'm i'm so here for it i love it so much yeah it's it's cool i mean it's like the you know, the, the peacock syndrome, you know, now, mm -hmm. now we're finally becoming beautiful, <laughs> you know, and, and I, and I think that's a, a, a cool thing. Um, and, and I mean, I, high heels were originally for men. They were eventually really? adopted by women, but yeah, originally only men wore high heels when they were first introduced and it was a mark of status. They weren't stilettos necessarily, but you would wear like heels oh, and platforms like with, the, with the buckle on the top of them and mm -hmm. yep okay yep. like oh, yeah, ye oldy yeah. ye old yep. high heel right um yeah I, I went to school for fashion design and i never get to talk about any of that i did multiple years of fashion history so it's, cool. it's all in there still somewhere <laughs> no and you know in you know we're, we're gonna get a we're gonna get off off of the the queer topic here for a minute guys and i'm sorry <laughs> i hope you don't mind because i i want to ask about cosplay stuff since i am an aspiring well everything you could aspire to i, I try to do um but a little bit of everything yes yes with with your cosplays and you know people who are are listening and watching um when brie says they they you know have sexy cosplay picks up um, we're not talking about the kind of sexy cosplay pics that you might take in your bathroom at home. These are legit shit <laughs> <laughs> up on that Thank site. You. <laughs> I mean, it is very, very, very good. You know, everything from the the, de the design to the modeling to the photography is all top notch. Um, and I married a photographer, so I'm very, very picky about that kind of stuff. Um, oh, my my photographer friends, the ones that I work with, I work with, you know, three or four photographers on a regular basis. And, and then myself, especially because of the pandemic. Right. So kind of recently I've been doing all of it. So I really appreciate that. <laughs> no, you're you're welcome. No, it, it is. It really is fabulous. Um, but what I was going to ask is construction of these costumes. Are you are you hiring a lot of that out or are you doing a lot of the construction yourself? 
Historically, I have done most of it myself um, because that's what my degree was in. I did fashion design as a degree, which I wouldn't recommend, by the way. Um, <laughs> I learned a lot, but uh, I was also in a lot of debt for a while. And it's not exactly a job rich program <laughs> uh, when you get out of it. Um, I worked in movies for a few years, um, which was good. But if you would like to also have a social life, it's not fantastic. Um, so I did work in movies for a few years. And then I worked very specifically in latex for a few years, which is one of my fortes. I do um, like latex and chain mail and basically anything that's not sewing is kind of my forte. Um, but historically, I have done a lot of it myself. I now that I've been in it for a while, have a few people that are um, really, really excellent, really good at hitting deadlines, which is a huge thing for me and uh, not a huge thing for a lot of people in the cosplay community. I love you guys. You suck at getting things done on time. I'm sorry. It's just, it is what it is. Um, and uh I have also started during the pandemic, especially because it's been quite difficult to get a hold of fabric where I am. Um, almost all of the fabric stores, with the exception of like one large chain, um, which is not Joann's. We don't have Joann's in Canada and I miss it. Um, uh, they've all basically been closed for a lot of the pandemic or appointment only. And uh, they're quite hard to get a hold of. And it's hard for me to get there as well. Um, as someone who doesn't have a car, lives like downtown in a city, it's, uh, you know, a couple of hours walk with a bolt of fabric really sucks. So um, I've been doing less of that recently and a little more of um, purchasing costumes, pulling them apart when they get here and kind of retailoring them, uh, which is something relatively new for me, but is uh, it's a great resource, especially for people who are starting out there are definitely companies um, that make cosplay now. They make it affordably. They make good cosplays. Um, and you can either get them custom tailored by the company or you can tailor them yourself when you get here. And that's also quite a good way to learn how to sew if you're not 100% um, up on sewing, if you're just kind of trying to teach yourself. Because the act of like taking it apart and looking at it will also show you how it was made. Yeah, well, and for for those of you who have never tried and are thinking about trying, um, buying a fabric pattern, that's hard. I mean, that's like um, it's, it's like rocket science. It it really is. It, it's it's difficult the first time you do it, and the the first time I did it was for a dress for my youngest for a cosplay from uh, Dang and Rampa, I believe it was. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. a sage green dress, big big red bow, and yeah, um, and I wanted to die. <laughs> trying to follow this damn pattern so halfway through i was like i know what this dress is supposed to look like i have the correct color i, I know the size i'm just gonna start sewing and it all came together fine i'm like okay but i i believe yep. that it works that way for a lot of different things there are some arts that are very technical and some parts of of sewing are very technical but i think that if you can read and learn what you need to know and then kind of do what's going to work best for you. I mean, don't think that you're going to sew like, uh, like breathe if the first time you try to sew, oh, you'll probably yeah. sew more like me and, and that's okay. You've got to work up to it. I think I have about 20 years of sewing experience at this point. Like my mom sewed when I was young and taught me how to sew like pillows and things at, at a pretty young age. Um, and then it got tired of me in my teens being like, I want to do this costume. I was like, well, then you can do it yourself. So that's, that's <laughs> when that started. Um, and I look back on that old stuff now. Um, and I go, hmm. <laughs> which, which you just do. I mean, I look back at things from five years ago at this point, cause I've been cosplaying for a very long time at this point, probably like 12 or 15 years. Um, and I just look back at stuff from five years ago and I go, mm, time to retire that. Like, let's, let's never look at that piece again. Like, <laughs> yeah. well, so and, you're and just, you're always learning. The, and, and that's the the big thing, you know, just about any kind of art is we're, we're always, we're, we're always growing and, and learning and, and hopefully getting better. And, you know, I look back at the the first book I wrote and I was like, well, I made, I made a lot of silly errors. I still, I love the story, but you know, I, I really could have done a lot of things differently. And so now when I write, I'm like, okay, well, 
you know, I have all that in the back of my head and doesn't mean I'm not going to make new dumb errors, but at least you're, at least you're moving forward. And I, I think that's important. And well, and that's, that's the learning curve, right? Yeah. Like you start off and you're like, wow, I'm incredible because you have no idea what you don't know. Yeah. And then 10 years down the line, you suddenly realize that you know nothing yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and you will always be learning. And that's kind of the beauty of it. And I, yeah. I feel very lucky in a lot of respects. You know, there are a lot of things that I, that I don't like about being a professional cosplayer, especially during a pandemic. A lot of things are very difficult. Um, but I feel very lucky all of the time to be able to do this all the time, because I do remember times in my life where I was like working two jobs and mm -hmm. didn't get to do this almost at all. So I, I do feel incredibly lucky now. Well, I think that's, that's a great segue into to talking a little bit about this, you know, professional cosplayer. Now I'm, I'm going <laughs> to tell you that a few years ago, I had only the vaguest idea maybe this was more like five, six years ago, vaguest idea of what cosplay was. And that was because there was an episode of a cartoon called Archer, mm -hmm. which is mm -hmm. a guy with a, the voice of Bob's Burgers. And in it, one of the characters made said cosplay, cosplay enthusiast. And I was like, I have no idea what this is. And so we <laughs> I actually like, watched all of Archer. Sorry to interrupt you. I watched no. all of Archer over the pandemic. Nice. <laughs> Nice. So I'm just like, oh. Yeah. Who <laughs> yeah. would want to wear an on fire suit? <laughs> Cosplay enthusiast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Yes. That okay. was one oh, of good. the so... moments where I paused it just so I could laugh. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> good. I'm I'm glad we're I'm glad we're on the same page here. So you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> we really are. But so I I didn't have any idea what it was. So we we looked it up, my wife and I were like, oh, okay, you know, it, it's you know, playing dress up. And then we started actually going to comic cons because for my other show spilling ink, I interview a lot of writers and a lot of different creatives and things like that. So I would go to comic cons and meet, I see all this vibrant, incredible cosplayers. I'm like, Oh, yep. this is what cosplaying is. It's, it's not just, you know, dressing up for Halloween. This is a whole nother ball game. It's yeah. a whole nother thing. And when I first got into it, so, I mean, I'm, I'm 29 now. Um, and when I first got into cosplay, I think I was probably like 15 and it is an entirely different animal. Like back in the day, you'd buy a wig. They came in 12 colors. They were awful. They were like party city quality, like super shiny. Don't look like real hair at all wigs. And you would get the wig that was available in like really short, like my hair right now, right? Like boycott short bob length at your shoulder and then like boob length kind of or long like and that was it you could get them straight or curly and we were happy with it and we loved it because it was a blue wig right and you got them off of sketchy stores on ebay and that was like it um and, and now I have favorite companies and I have companies that I don't buy from because I don't like the quality of their fibers when I cut them Right. Like this is this is the kind of spoiled for choice that we are now. And it's been incredible to watch that industry grow from something that literally nobody knew about. And it was just my like weirdo friends in a tiny town in southern Ontario being like, we love Resident Evil 4. Right. And like doing that in our backyard to this thing now where Comic-Con sells out faster than sports games. Right. Like it's from from the sports ball. Right. You can tell that I that I like sports. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm just like, ah, I love when they hit the baseball into the home run. <laughs> so, and, yeah. Try getting a try getting tickets to a big Comic Con in a big city without press passes. You can't mm -hmm. do it. It's just, nope. they sell out so damn fast. That's why they sell just, so fast. I'll flash those damn media credentials anytime <laughs> I can. Damn it! Like I'm I've getting definitely, in. I've been to more than one, like without a ticket, and just not gone inside because I don't <laughs> have a ticket to get inside. Just gone to all of the like renegade stuff that pops up around <laughs> the convention because of all the other people that can't get in. Well, yep. it's a whole culture. I mean, it's an it's an incredible. It really is. Well, and and so back to where I was going with this. I was going somewhere. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, it's all good. I got I got myself off track. I think, but um, 
you know, it's so excited about Comic-Con. Yes. They're fun. God, I miss them so much. I really miss Um, them. Yeah. But uh, so to be a professional cosplayer, that's, that's kind of a whole nother ball game because you're not dressing up to, to, you know, show your, your fandom and, and to rep your favorite characters at a, at a Comic-Con. You may be doing that also, but you're also doing this as your income. And that is, a huge that is a huge step i think for for most people and and to me i I feel like that that would require one real talent with with costume making you know whether you're doing it yourself or whether you're buying it from talented people talent as as a model and also i'm sorry society but this is the way we are being a, a really good looking person i think that those are kind of three things that are are really necessary and and i i couldn't figure out at first how you really make money doing that until (laughs) until yeah well until i I really dug into your site a little bit and i see it's it's structured a lot like a a patreon or an or an only fans or or any of these type of sites would be uh where you have different tiers from you know two dollars on up to five hundred dollars a month uh that people can sponsor you in and buy your work and Mm -hmm. i think that that's a that's a really cool idea. How long have you been doing this as, as a professional? Um, full time. I think mm, the, see the last year never happened in my brain. It's the community esque gas leak here. So I'm, so I'm trying to do the math <laughs> thinking about that. I think, I think it's been about two, two and a half years full time where this is the only thing that I do. Um, and then I have on the side been doing it for about four. Um, but I have been cosplaying since I was a teenager. Um, so I already, I really already had most of the skills that I took going into this from, you know, being on the internet and, and having, you know, like a few thousand followers and kind of figuring out how to interact with that um to and and going to school for costume design and and doing all of my internships for that and everything which really taught me you know how to do so much at once that's probably the one thing that I will give my schooling for having taught me was it made you do way too many things at once and kind of figure out how to prioritize doing that to my own detriment most of the time to be honest with you but that's that's how it goes as a self-employed person, really. You, you know, they, they tell you, um, you know, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. And it's actually the exact opposite because you will never know how to stop. <laughs> and then you just think, ah. Oh. Yep. Yep. You know, yep. They, they, they say for writers, it's, you know, uh, teach someone to write and they'll be miserable every day of their life or something like that. <laughs> Well, you know, we're, I, we're, I believe it. We're, we're not I have friends miserable. Who are writers. Yeah, but it's it's a shitload of work, you know, doing it's, I mean, it's cre- a lot of work. Yeah, creating art for fun, I think, is the best thing ever. It's so it's so great. And then and the and kind of the problem with like monetizing yeah. some of your content is then your brain starts to work that way. Yeah. And you just think like, oh, here's this other thing I'm doing. How can I do that? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, how can I monetize this? How can I do this? And suddenly you just don't have hobbies anymore and yeah. you only have work. And and, and, and then and then it's yeah. a pandemic and you can't go anywhere either. And suddenly there is only work. <laughs> yeah. well, I, mean, I, I think that for some people, some personalities that works really, really well, um, that they can take the things that they love and and make them their businesses. And, you know, for for others, it, it doesn't work that well. For me, it's it's been a challenge because my main art was always writing. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I sell books. I, I, I do OK with that. And but I don't love writing like I used to, because when I'm writing, I'm 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 always thinking about the publisher or the readers or the mm-hmm. marketing or this and that. And um, there are some authors that can do that. And then they, they write amazing stories and they sell millions of copies and they're very happy. Some of us are just built a little different. And I think that, you know, it's important to remember that we are all different. We're all individuals. Of course, we should know that, but definitely not to try to hold yourself up um, next to someone else. You know, if I was going to go out and start uh, cosplaying, I would never hold myself up next to Brie because 
I, I wouldn't like what I saw, but I can still go out and I can still put my heart into making a, a cool cosplay and have fun, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and I think, I think a lot of, you know, a lot of people, especially with, um, you know, we're, we're living through like end stage capitalism at this point, everybody, right? Like, and a pandemic and things are hard. And I know that a lot of people do look at their like side hustle now to make ends meet. And that's become a very normalized mm -hmm. concept. Um, and I, and I get it cause I did that for years. Um, and it's, it's kind of, um, you know, it's, it's both good and bad because it's exciting to see people be able to make money doing the things that they love. Um, but it's also, it's difficult. I know for me, um, to take this thing that I really like doing and then have to apply, you know, business and marketing and everything to it, because it is no longer like you thinking about the publisher, right? It's no longer just like, oh, I love this thing. I'm going to do this thing. You now have to be like, okay, here's the character, at least for me, right? Like, here's the character. Am I going to do a good job at this? Am I confident enough that I'm going to do a good job at this to then put all of this time and effort into it? Because if it doesn't work out well, then what do I do for content in July? Which is like, you know, it's a thing that is always going to be in the back of your head. And it is this extra level of stress constantly to it, which does take some of the enjoyment out of it. Um, and you have to be careful to keep doing things for yourself so that you don't forget why you loved it in the first place, mm -hmm. um, which can be very difficult when you you know, it is human nature to look at everyone else and, and where they are in their journey and what they're doing. Um, and, and to say like, you know, like, I, th I think my work is up to par with that. Like, why is my work not getting that kind of um, recognition or popularity? And, and I think that's, that's a very normal thing. And, and I honestly think almost everyone does it. Um, and it's really important to be able to take a step back from that. Um, because to be totally honest with you, a lot of it is luck. Mm -hmm. A lot of people get, you know, you can be very, very good at your craft and not good at social media or unlucky on social media very easily. Um, I've had to learn a lot of things about social media just kind of on the run. It's still not my favorite thing to do. And I don't particularly feel very good at it a lot of the time. Um, and, and I have friends who are very, very good at social media and that's kind of their forte. And it's very easy to just look at that and be like, wow, I'm a failure. Like, why, why can't I do that? <laughs> and I, and I think that's very human. Yeah. So I have to keep, I have to keep reminding myself, you know, that, that I am, I'm doing well and I'm doing better than I ever anticipated doing. Mm -hmm. And that's good because it's very easy to just look at other people who are doing better and be like, well, I'll never be that good, but if I look at myself five years ago, I didn't ever think I would be this good either. Yeah. So that's you just have to yeah. just have to keep going. That's a good. That's a really good point. But and you 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 said something earlier about uh, you know sex work or sex work ad mm -hmm. adjacent, and now we're so we're we're talking about you know side hustles and and for you uh, your full time job, and you're a professional cosplayer. Um, however, you really, you really make a point to make every photo just as as gorgeous as possible, and a lot of them are super, super sexy. And and I've only seen your your main site. I you know I, I haven't <laughs> seen anything besides that. So, you know all the all the free stuff and some of it it's it's so provocative and and it's it's amazing. It's phenomenal, and <laughs> and I think that that's got to be another thing that you're probably always thinking of when you're creating your art is that now I'm creating this art, but I also have to sell this art. And, you know, mm -hmm. what, what do the, the fans really want to see? Um, to, to a certain extent, you know, the old adage is true to a certain extent that sex sells, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and we have always said that for a reason and, and it's because it's true. Um, but it's also not, I see a lot of um, people thinking that that's kind of a, a cop out or a sellout or, um, just an easy way of getting attention, right? It's like, oh yeah, well, you're hot and naked on the internet. It must be nice to work for like three minutes a week, right? And and people don't see that, you know, there's there's the, like, I don't have any makeup on right now, but like generally you have to have, like 
there's a full face of makeup that's taken 45 minutes to an hour. And then I had to style this wig, which is up to sometimes like if I had to, um, you can weft wigs, which is like sewing additional hair into a wig, which is a hand sewing project. Um, and then cutting them and styling them. Like I have wigs that have to live on wig heads full time. Um, I actually have one right here since we're on video, right? They have to like live on wig heads full time because like they're, can never, that can never go away. Sorry, Um, sorry. I I, uh, blanked you out there because I was trying to make your screen bigger. That is holy smokes yeah so his his spikes are a little messy right now because i was actually wearing them on a stream the other day but um you know there are there are wigs that like i have sewn things into and cut and everything that took days to weeks depending on what i was learning at the time because i was never a hairstylist um so you know when you're looking and some cosplays are weeks like hundreds of hours of work Right. So when you're looking at things, even even like the sexy stuff where I'm only wearing like a pair of gloves, like how long did those gloves take to make Mm -hmm. is the question. And it's a thing that a lot of people um, don't realize when they're looking at, at sexy stuff is that sometimes I'm wearing like thousands and thousands of dollars worth of time. Right. Like if I'm paying myself for some of this, like um, 2B is one of the things that I'm posting right now. And she's a full latex bodysuit. Um, and I recently just like pulled a bunch of things off of her and like remade them and made it better. Um, and, and sometimes people ask me, they're, they're just like, oh, yeah, could you make one of those for me? And I'm just like, no, like you literally could not pay me enough to ever do that cosplay again, because I've been working on her on and off for three and a half years. <laughs> that's so much time and it's just it's like yes it's it's a sexy photo and I take I take a lot of pride in making like well done sexy mm-hmm. photos um because because I like looking at that right like when I look at art a lot of times on the internet if I'm looking at like anime art like I want to see the characters kiss mm-hmm. I love that so that's kind of what I've always wanted to do with them because I don't really draw um, or, or right, really. <laughs> so I had this, to do it with me. <laughs> people have this weird idea that sexy or, or, uh, because sex sells, it somehow makes it less of art and it really doesn't. There's absolutely art has wrong always been, art has always been sex. It's either been sex yeah. or the church and sometimes both. Like exactly. I had to take yeah. like four years of art history. Right. <laughs> so I'm there and, but, and Yeah. <laughs> No, I, I I really admire your work. I, I think it's it's absolutely fabulous. I think the what was the one that stopped me in my tracks? It it was you may hate this comparison and I apologize, but um have you ever seen any of the Borat movies? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, okay. You remember you know the the thong he wears with the two straps? Yep. I yep. think you you have one with a much cuter outfit than that, but I that's the one that stopped me in my tracks. I was like, holy Oh yeah. It was, yeah it that was, was when I dressed up as my PlayStation 5. No, nice, nice. <laughs> when the PlayStation 5 first came out, I happened to be able to get one. I was literally on a website when they went into stock. So I happened oh, to purchase a nice. PlayStation 5. And then when I got it like a week later, it was one of those things where I was like, I'm not, I, did I get that? Like I saw it go through on my credit card and I was just like waiting for it to get canceled because we were in that stage. It was the first release of the PlayStation 5. Um, and then it got here and I was just like, oh, I actually got a PlayStation 5. And I got really excited and I like made a wig. It's a white wig with like a black stripe down the center of it. And I made a wig and then I like made the whole outfit. And it's got this like sling bikini and everything. Mm-hmm. And it's just me being a sexy PlayStation five with my PlayStation five. Cause I was just really excited. Um, yes. and, just and it was so quarantine know, and what else are you going to do? <laughs> my, my wife said she would not wear an outfit like that. Um, so that's <laughs> off the table. Uh, that's a bummer, but, um, I mean, that one is mostly latex. And to be honest with you, it's not for everyone. You get real sweaty under there. Does not breathe. Uh, so I feel well, that. I, I, I'm curious, and I don't know. I don't know if this is information you have about the about your subscribers or, or people that, that buy photo sets from you. But do you see any difference in uh, in genders for people that that buy your art? 
Um, it is, it's primarily men. Um, but I do have a lot of more queer leaning, um, subscribers and I'm always surprised at the amount of women or like femme presenting people, um, who aren't just necessarily other people in the industry, right? Because a lot mm -hmm. of people who also sell sexy content on the internet, like we all subscribe to each other and support each other partially because it can be a tax write-off for like research. Um, but also because, um, you know, you're just interested in seeing what else you've got and spreading the love around. And especially because a lot of websites, um, like Instagram and stuff, it's, it's really easy to get kicked off of them. If you do anything that's not super family friendly, um, you know, I, I have friends who are, you know, like mostly bikini models and things, right? Like not, not even like particularly provocative stuff as far as I am concerned, who are on their like third or fourth Instagram account because it's just so easy to get kicked off if you're not 100% family friendly at this point. Um, and it's interesting because you definitely see people you know, the, the same sort of people who are like, oh, but sex sells and that's so easy, right? Don't realize that it's it's also like really difficult. You get shadow banned on everything. Um, if you kind of don't already have a following, it's really, really hard to build one and to reach people just because of all of the censorship on, on social media apps, which is where people go. Um, a lot of people, there was a point in time where there was kind of like a purge on Patreon where they kicked a whole bunch of the adult content creators on the website. Um, and then the whole Tumblr thing, I don't know if you saw that a, a few years ago, right, where Tumblr just purged all of the adult content on the website. Um, things like that have, have been very difficult for sex workers and sex worker adjacent people. Um, SESTA FOSTA passing in the States definitely has had wide ranging effects on Facebook and Instagram and like all of these ways that people are now um, really primed to seek their content. It's a lot more difficult to get people to like a dot-com website that you own, even if it is more secure and, and safer for everyone involved than something like Patreon or OnlyFans. Um, it's, it's so much harder to get people there. And unfortunately that like we're seeing a resurgence of the newsletter, which is like kind of fun because I like writing them. But it's also the only way that you can be kind of guaranteed that you're going to get through to a bunch of your fan base because of these shadow bands and things. Um, and so, you know, sex does sell, but also you have to go deal with all of this censorship that's happening yeah. right now. And I, I do see that we're in uh, we're kind of in a conservative swing that way right now, it seems. And I do hope that we swing back the other way because history's pendulum works yeah. like that. So we're in kind of a conservative swing with sex work. Um, we see a bunch of like trans bans coming in in the States and a lot of really worrying legislature there. So I'm hoping this is just kind of the apex of the pendulum swinging that way and that we'll hopefully see it swing back the other way. And we just have to hope that every time the pendulum swings, it swings a little further to the side that is, you know, human rights, trans rights, sex worker rights and protections, right? You just kind of have to hope that every time it swings your way, it goes a little better and it can't get repealed the next time it swings back the other way. Um, but kind of the older I get, the more I see it come in waves yeah. at this point. And it, it just happens that way. It, it really does. And, and it has throughout most of our, most of history really. Um, but yeah, but yeah, it's, it's a frightening time to be, uh, to be a trans person, to be a queer person in the, in the United States, you know, and we're, we're all hoping things start to get better now, but, but yeah, it's, it's scary. And, you know, I, I have quite a few friends that are, that do uh, online sex work and, and uh, run their only fans. Only fans is, is going to be changing. They're going to be making it so now they own your content and they can do what they want. And, you know, I, I know a lot of people that do um, in-person sex work um, that because of the pandemic have had to, to turn to doing online sex work and, and try to mm -hmm. learn that as their, as their business instead. And it's, and it's a challenge there. You know, there's a lot of people that rely on sex work and, and sex adjacent, adjacent work, uh, which is a term I, I love, um, you know, to, to provide for themselves and their families. And as a society, we are not making it easy for people. Um, no, and, I, and we, and we yeah. kind of never have, 
you know, there have been pockets of human history where this whole thing has been acceptable, but, you know, definitely not in my lifetime or my parents' lifetime. Yeah. Um, there, are, there are very few places where sex work is, is truly, like, accepted and is, mm -hmm. is a good thing, even though it's, it's obviously not going away. Right. This has been a constant in human history well, always. <laughs> and it just it just kind of continues to floor me that people are still like, no, this is bad and we have to stop it. When if you have any view of history at all, um, you know, as someone who was a fan of history and took elective history courses kind of just for the fun of it while I was in school. Um, that's always been the, it's always been the thing. This is human nature. We really need to, to chill mm -hmm. on it. Um, and, and just make sure that people are protected. I think yeah. it's much more important as a society to make sure that people are, are protected and safe than it is to make sure that they're doing exactly what you want them to do. Yeah. And well, I would hope that most yeah. people feel the same way, even if they don't necessarily agree with or would use the services of, of a sex worker. Well, and I, I think that, you know, you, you really hit on it there. That safety is key. And 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 I think that unfortunately, though the the most people thing is is to the is to the negative. I think that you know when people are looking at people who do sex work, they're they're seeing them as only sexual objects, not as members of society. And so then when that same person who thinks that same way goes out on the street and sees someone who maybe does sex work or who they think does sex work, they they want to treat them that same way, that this is a sexual object. And, you know, I use this sexual object for my gratification. And if I'm not able to, maybe I respond violently. Um, and that's a terrifying thing. And um, and it's really the story of like almost every serial killer in history. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Like that, that is the MO and, um, you know, sex workers have historically been the less dead, um, which is a term just saying like, you know, like nobody missed them. Yeah. And, and it's not true. And mostly, you know, sex workers have been historically, you know, um, in places where they're not uh, where sex work hasn't been allowed. Um, sex workers are historically um, the receipt on the receiving end of a lot of violence and a lot of hatred. Um, and, and I think it's just, um, I think it's important for people who are kind of considering maybe getting into that, that it's, it's, you know, sex sells, but it's not necessarily easy money. It's like the reason a lot of people decide to not come out or straight pass or, you know, pass as cis is because it is, it is difficult. A lot of things are difficult about all of it um and and you know a lot of people that's that's not something that they're prepared to do and and you can't you can't necessarily blame anyone for that right like you blame them at all i get not, it <laughs> not at all well as aside from society what is the the climate like within the professional cosplay community or with within the sex work and sex work adjacent community for for each other you know i mean is is it a, a pretty good community i mean is, is there some optimism or what's everybody what's everybody thinking i think it's a mixed bag kind of like everything i get i think you get a pretty a fairly even kind of slice of all of the different parts of society because i've definitely had like quite a few people um like come for me like as the term is right being like oh well you just you just post your ass on the internet right like it must be so easy kind of a thing and i'm like it's not because i have to deal with you <laughs> like this definitely isn't have, making me have a nice day um and and then there are the people um you know there there are plenty of people i think um mostly sex work communities and cosplay communities are quite liberal with their ideas because I kind of think you have to be, but there are definitely pockets that are that are quite puritanical, um, especially in the the upcoming generation, actually. There's there's a group younger than us, because I mean I'm a millennial. <laughs> yeah, there's there's kind of a group coming up that um in a lot of the like fan art cosplay communities are referred to as aunties. Um with A N T I. Um, not not like auntie, like your aunt, like your aunt, right? Um, who are like against like against uh, like shipping characters, right? Which is like like romanticizing characters together 
who are against sexy I'm content. I'm not so old that I don't know what that means. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, not not for you, but you know, there are people watching who maybe don't know, never heard of any of the fandom stuff. <laughs> I figured I figured you have a young one who's like kind of into cosplay. You've heard about shipping. Like we all do it, <laughs> except for the aunties. Um, and it's it's definitely there are um I have some friends who are fan artists who have just been like accosted on the internet and had to like shut down social media accounts and things because they're just getting bombarded by these people mm. who are so against sexual content. And it is a hundred percent completely fine to not want sexual content in things that you consume. But it's very worrying to me that there is a, a group that there are groups of people and there are groups of young people specifically who don't understand the difference between I do not wish to consume sexual content and no one is allowed to make sexual content. And and there's just this very clear um, meshing of those two thoughts is like, since I don't want this thing, no one should make it and anyone who makes it is bad. And because I am the heroine of my own story, obviously, because you think differently than me, you're bad. Um, it, it's been a very interesting thing and, and a little bit of a worrying thing to watch happening. Wow. I, I, had, yeah. no idea. I had no idea. Wow. I it, say all my, my youngest are, are all, I mean, they're super hardcore into anime and games and they're so liberal about everything and, it, and it's gorgeous. I, I just didn't I see think a that lot kind of, of thing. A lot of people are, I think this is a very vocal minority, mm-hmm. um, but it's still a minority that you kind of have to keep in mind, especially if you're going to be making content like this, because to a certain extent, like all of those things that we used to say back in the day, right. Of like, don't feed the trolls and don't, mm-hmm. don't get into that with people. Um, they're still true. I think the internet has gotten both more liberal and more and a lot more restrictive in some ways. And, and in some cases that's very good, you know, internet security has become a much bigger thing than it used to be back in the day when I was first on the internet at like 16, um, which is great. Um, but there are also a lot of ways that the internet has become a lot more dangerous and you have to really be careful about what you're doing on the internet because just like one bored person it could just ruin your day your life and maybe your career and that's been especially true during the pandemic where people are just bored and lashing out because they're not getting assistance that's scary. And I, it, it is, yeah. <laughs> it can be really scary. You know, it's, it's a fun job and I love it and I love what I do. And hopefully after the pandemic, I'll get to go back to making the characters kiss, which is like my favorite thing ever. But, um, you know, there's, there's a lot to be worried about and you, you know, you can't let it control you like anything. You can't let that fear control you because I would much rather regret having, you know, a, a bad interaction than regret not having done the thing that caused the interaction. You know, I would, I would much rather regret how people interacted with me and, and be sad that I had to go through that. than I would regret like never having done that thing to begin with. Right. Like never having done the cosplay, yeah. never having done the photos because I, I do have a great time doing it and I really like it. Um, you know, being on the internet recently, not so much, but (laughs) I really like making this stuff. And that's what I wanted to ask. You know, it's, we, we, we've been in the pandemic that sucked for everybody. You know, we all know that. And you're you're in Ontario, which apparently is really, really sucking right now, but you know, you're, you're a great model. You're, you're great with your, with your cosplay design. Um, you know, you're a professional cosplayer. Are you? Are you happy with where you are right now? Yeah, I if I had have looked back on, you know, where I was even probably like five or six years ago, um, I I would be really happy with where I am right now. Like if I had gone back to like 16 year old me and like one of my first cosplays that like didn't fit very well and was terribly sewn and it's this like cheap eBay wig that looking back at photos of it, I really feel like I was probably wearing backwards. Um, you know, if I went, if I went back to that kid, oh yeah, I'll find you photos. I've got them somewhere. Um, if I, if I went back to that kid and was like, Hey, you're going to be doing this full time in the future. I just would have been like, that's sick. 
that's great. Like even with a lot of the the not great stuff, um, it's it's great, and it's great that we have these things as industries, and that people can can do these things and be supported by other people instead of you know historically artists are always like, well, now you pay for the church, and that was kind of it, right? <laughs> it's it's very nice to have <laughs> gotten there. <laughs> I, I'm trying to picture the the church is hiring you, and maybe there there are a couple probably <laughs> some, some some cool churches, but uh. one of the local satanic um, churches does follow me on one of my OnlyFans profiles. They're nice, great. <laughs> yeah. No, do, the, the Satanist church is really cool. They're you could cool do people. a cool religious cosplay. You know, whatever religion it is, and just <laughs> pray you're not going to whatever hell they. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, I was raised incredibly, incredibly religious, um, which I, I don't get to talk about a whole lot. But I was raised really religious in a religion that I really strongly consider a cult now. Um, uh, my family were hardcore Jehovah's Witnesses. Oh, damn it. I yeah. didn't know this. We could have spent today <laughs> talking about a freaking cult instead of me just asking I mean, random would, questions. Would you like to? We could just do a part two. I'm not going anywhere. We're gonna um, we're gonna have to everybody, I'm gonna put together a part two. Don't worry, we're gonna hear about the cult that Bree grew up in. But oh sorry. Yeah, go ahead, we'll go ahead. we'll talk we'll talk a little <laughs> bit about the, the religious cult, which is um, you know, in a in a lot of sects. I can't I can't necessarily say overall because it is kind of a patchworky religion. Um Did you in, say in the way that or sects. Sects. Okay. Okay. CT. Well, they do have. Okay. They do have a scandal going on where a lot of people are being sued in the UK right now about uh, child sexual abuse. Oh no, that's not bad. a thing that I ever no. encountered, but definitely a thing that the religion was well set up to um, allow. Okay. Uh, so it, you know, it's kind of like Judaism and Scientology, like had a baby. That's that's basically. Jehovah's oh Witnessing, God. like not not the the religious part of Judaism, but like how Scientology works. <laughs> oh, dude, you're cracking me up, dude. <laughs> I've done a lot of reading about religion. I've got to jot this down so I can use this zinger with my wife and pretend that I made it up. <laughs> <laughs> just just do it before this episode comes out. It'll be great. <laughs> But yeah, oh. no, they were, um, you know, pretty anti-LGBT, uh, really anti-sex before marriage, um, against, you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. So, and look at me now. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well, be, before we go, do you want to pitch anything or plug anything you're you're working on? I mean, hey, if you like sexy content, I am all, I'm literally always releasing stuff. I just never stop. Um, so I tend to release like a couple hundred photos a month on poison.com, which is a subscription service. You can pay with like PayPal or whatever you want. It's pretty much all in there. Um, and, uh, also have an OnlyFans don't have a Patreon cause they kicked me off, but you know, that's <laughs> <laughs> why the website happened and it's, it's way more fun over there anyway. Cause I can post literally whatever I want. Um, so yeah, no. And I mean, social media i am i am on all of them i will talk to you on all of them i don't care <laughs> so a, yeah, yeah it would be great yeah and and I, I have to say even if you're you're not going to going over there to subscribe but i hope you will subscribe um their website is fantastic just gorgeous cosplay make sure you check it out especially if you're into cosplay and don't just want to see sexy pics i guess either way doesn't matter <laughs> And then, I mean, the lowest, like the one of the lower tiers on the website, there's like a $2 to $5 tier. The $5 is like mostly safe for work, like like safe for work. Um, there's there's no there's no like outright nudity. There's sometimes like bikini photos, but that's that's about as racy as it gets. And I also do um, really in-depth tutorials on a lot of stuff that I do. So like uh, this month, I'm releasing some tutorials on wig wefting and cutting because I did a couple of wigs that are like boy cut short, kind of like mm. my regular hair, um, which is quite difficult to do. And uh, I, I spent like a month ruining wigs, figuring out how to do it because I really wanted to do it. Um, and like how to combine cheap wigs and make them look like a much more expensive wig if you have a lot of time, but not a lot of money. 
Um, and I've done write-ups on uh, a bunch of how-to stuff with latex because it's it's a very difficult fabric to work with and a lot of people don't know where to begin. So I have some resources for that as well and things for subscribers. Um, and I, I mean, if, you know, time rich, money poor, I can also probably point you in the correct uh, direction for people who do um, that sort of thing on, on YouTube and everything. That's who aren't awesome. me. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to get my youngest connected on on the that tier where where they can learn a little bit more about wigs. Uh, not not necessarily working with latex because I would be the one that has to do it. And I don't want. Nah. To. <laughs> but they would they <laughs> would absolutely fair. love the wigs. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you've I don't know if you've ever done foam, but latex is no. like foam, but it stretches like spandex. Oh God! So it's the worst of all of those worlds. I used to teach people how to do it every now and then we would do like um we would do classes like back in the before covid times sometimes i would do just like group classes and honestly i'm i'm a mean person because literally every class <laughs> someone would have to like go take a walk so that they didn't cry and yes. every time because yes. they were just so frustrated and every time i would just be like yes validation it is difficult <laughs> Because <laughs> I've been doing it for a long time. It's just I'm just like, yep, and then you put the scene together like this and you just do this and 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 there you go, there it's done. And then someone would try to recreate that for like half an hour. And I would just be like, Yes, validation, my time has been worth something. That's so awesome. Uh, <laughs> well guys, if you want to see sexy, amazing cosplay picks, go to poison.com. If you want to learn more about creating cosplays go to poison.com the link is right there in the episode description so it's going to be super easy to click but uh but that's that's kind of our time today brie it was really Amazing. great chatting with you yeah it was great chatting this was fun Awesome. We'll talk all about right. cults next time. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's one of my favorites. Uh, all right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. Rebecca Jonesy, our sponsor, thank you so much for uh, for keeping the show going. I really appreciate it, especially during the pandemic here when I have not been able to work. It's great to not have to uh, freak out about money. So I really do appreciate you, Rebecca. All right. Until next time, everybody, stay safe and stay strong. <laughs> <laughs>